Billy Harper. I saw him post a video of his Nova, and I watched it leave, and I'm like, that never gets old. It just <laughs> doesn't get old. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com. Uh, we are right in the middle of uh, Christmas and New Year's. Uh, 2022 is right around the corner. 2021 has been an interesting year, a uh, fun year for the show here, at least. Um, we've gotten to talk to quite a few people. Brian, you've had uh, some interesting plays with your car this year. Um, Bobby, you uh, had a milestone out in your car this year. ClassRacingToday.com if you want to help support the show. Keep these conversations going as we start the new year um, next year, next week. You can do that at ClassRacingToday.com. Go there, click on the Donate button, and you get to choose the value that you get out of the show and turn that into dollars and send it our way so we can keep these conversations going. Gentlemen, how was your Christmas? Mine was good. Excellent. It's, uh, we had beautiful weather here, and then yeah, we did. all of a sudden winter hit. And <laughs> I think I had, you know, like people have like midlife crises, you know, like, oh. I think I hit a sad point, like 43 years, my body's always embraced the cold weather. Like I never had to wear thick socks. I never really had to wear boots, like, you know, zero with the sunshine. Like I could still go outside in a sweatshirt and I was happy. And I got invited with a customer ice fishing yesterday and we spent four hours in this fully insulated, self-propelled fishing shack and my feet are still cold. I mean, it was 50 degrees in there. I'm like, why has my body stopped <laughs> like processing cold? I'm like, man, I thought that week in Florida sucked because I'm fat, so I sweat, but at least I can handle the cold. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I'm supposed to live now. I get cold. I get hot. I'm like, I don't know, Bobby. How's the weather out there? Uh, the weather here is in the 30s, 40s, which is, I don't like it. So we went to Florida for Christmas this year, Whatever. and uh, we did the whole Disney World and Universal Studios thing. We left on Wednesday before Christmas, and we just got home two days ago. So did you have so, It's a Small World after all, playing in your head the entire trip home? I embraced my inner child. So I'm the kid in this family. Did, Actually, I, I get myself in trouble because I just want to keep moving, ride to ride to ride. we got to go, 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 go. And not them. They were like, all right, can we stop? Can we at least eat? Can we get a drink of water? I'm like, no. Did you get sick crazy? in the teacup? Get get. Grab a churro and get in the next line. You eat it in there. Did you ride the little teacup thing? <laughs> we dragged our uh, my stepson on on all kinds of roller coasters. Not went out telling him like, you know what this is all about. Like the Hulk ride has like seven loops in it. I got off of that walking like I couldn't even walk straight. I felt like I was, you know, under the influence, and uh, and he was fine. So yeah, we had a good time, and it was good weather. Water park on Sunday. Now I'm back to this. This it's been gray since we got back. So good stuff. Like what is the, out of here? What is the temperature there <laughs> in Jersey right now? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't go outside today. I'm, I'm assuming it's in the 30s though. I'll take your shirt off, run outside, and then come back. And we'll know if it's <laughs> colder than it is here or not. That's a great but, idea. <laughs> I think sure it's not as cold as it is there. I think Friday our high is like five below, and I'm just like yeah, with a low of 22 below. I would definitely hate my life if I lived where you did. I'm not going to lie. I feel like if my uh, race car wasn't torn apart in a barn surrounded by snow, I would just load up and 
maybe move south and go camp out in our guest today's backyard because, yeah, I'm not really liking South Dakota right now. Uh, before we get there, if you have any if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to classracingtoday at gmail.com. And uh, also, if you're watching live on the Facebook, don't forget you can also send us stars. That's another way you can show a little love to the show. Send some value our way. Thanks so much. <clears throat> All right. What do you guys have for us today? We got a D7 standout. All right. Now, I went on Drag Insights today to see just exactly how many classes this this gentleman has run since 2015. He's run 17 different classes that I, that I know of. So he he has the ability to find some hidden gems out there, run some pretty pretty cool cars, you know. Once in a while he'll dabble in like a in like a cool like muscle car and then he'll go back to running, I don't know, V stock in a uh 1986 C10 like pickup truck. So he he really, uh, he, he, I guess sometimes he just enjoys spending more time on the track than on than other days, and um, I think he's qualified. Potentially may have qualified number one at Indy uh, in the last like so many years. Oh, we'll have to ask him that. Anyways, straight out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Mr. Paul Wong. Paul, how you doing? Thanks for having me. How are you guys? We're great. Just admiring all those trophies in the back. I mean, covering an entire. <laughs> border of wall you might have to do a 360 with your camera you want to see if it goes all the way around the room it, it goes pretty good actually i mean it goes from there and it comes around and if you go out it it goes oh. the whole room this room anyway one of the rooms <laughs> might not be any room left you might have to retire now, come on bobby your wall your wall your row there could probably almost fill a fish tank <laughs> He's going to have to start putting them on the fan blades up there and, and taping them on. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. So how how did you get started racing, Paul? I want to dive right in. Like, I want to know where did you come from? Uh, well, you know, my father did it when I was a youngster. And it was uh, one of those things that um, he did it for a while and then quit. And there was cars around. And I, I kind of had a lot of interest in what he was doing and looking around at it. And it, uh, it was, it was something that it kind of faded and came and went. And then I got to be about, you know, a teenager age. And there came a point where my father was like, you know, well, if you're interested in cars, let's go look for something. And, uh, kind of dove into the deep end of the pool. We found a 63 Dodge aluminum front end, uh, 415 horse coupe. Uh, went and picked this car up. It was in pieces. And I started piecing it together. That was 1985. We actually got that car running uh, late 86 and early 87. And I dipped right into a stock automatic. Uh, it was kind of a deep end of the pool. Um, I raced a little bit here and there, going back and forth. And it, it, it was one of those situations where it was a tough but at that point, there wasn't a lot of newcomers. And being a, a teenager with a Max Wedge car, it was kind of an odd situation. Um, lots of mentors and lots of people helped. I mean, I, I had uh, one of the other Division Seven standout Mopar guys, Steve Wan. His father, Don Wan, was very helpful. Uh, Jack Freeze, they, they, Greg Luniak, Bob Elliott. They, they were all great people that actually uh helped uh my first teardown looking like a deer in headlights uh somewhat 
scared. I mean, teardown at that point was was definitely very uh, intense, more intense than it is today. Um, and they they got me going from there. And I, I was I was always a Chrysler guy and, and always into max wedges. And I got out of college, got tired. I got beat heads up late a few times with those cars. They weren't fast. Um, got under the wing of Richie Pauly and bought uh, his '69 R code. Cobra Torino and at that point I got the hook on on being fast and and qualifying being able to outrun hit people heads up as I bought a you know a current record holder and and everything else and that that changed my whole outlook that was a lot of fun to drive that car that was car was kind of an animal so it was um we did have to put a lot of weight in the trunk there was a lot of weight difference between Richie and me and we we Dick Dreer I remember at the time building a weight box putting us both on a scale, trying to figure out how much weight we had to put in the trunk of the car was kind of fun. Um, made that thing. It left like an animal after that, though. It was something else, even for, you know, early mid nineties for a car to, to leave with the wheels way in the air. was a lot of fun. Where did that car ever end up? It changed hands several times. I sold it to Dick Lux in Texas. Um, Dick had sold it. Uh, it came back to San Diego uh, then it went back to the Midwest and got redressed as a Randy Payne Ford drag team car, which it wasn't. It was an original race car, and it was raced since new out of New Mexico, but it was not Randy Payne's car. Uh, I believe it is now for sale, but I think the really good parts, uh, the really good heads, the Pro Trans, all that stuff, I think has been robbed out of it. I don't think it has that because the car's... God, six, seven, tenths slower today than it was when I sold it in 2003, I believe. I mean, it's it's not as fast as it was then. So it's, and it's, I believe it's for sale again. Those cars live forever. Once you build these cars, they live forever. They don't, you know, it's a rust-free muscle car type car. They're not going anywhere. You know, the question is whether they get restored, which, um, my second Max Wedge car had a 64 uh, Player 500. It went back east and got restored completely as a street car. And it, so it's, at this point, it's, like I said, it's it's just a garage queen at this point. But that one lost its, you know, racer status, but they don't go away. So was your father, was he a purist, like a Mopar purist, or just a car purist? Like He's he's a car, car purist in 81 today. He's still, you know, he's got a couple of AC Cobra kits. He's got a couple of Barracudas. Um, he's got a really odd, uh, 65 Dodge a 100 with a, you know, a modern Chrysler drivetrain in it. And I think he's even got a new new uh, Nissan Z car. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of cars for somebody his age and still rides a Harley even. I mean, he's, it's pretty amazing at 81. I'm like, how do you go from a Mopar to a Ford like that? That Ford must've been really fast to suck you over to the dark side. Um, you know, and I always liked the car, you know, Richie was, and I watched Richie pound people with it. It was kind of one of those things, you know, and it, it, it was unique. You know, there was no, at that time, I think there were maybe three or four Torinos in the country. I mean, I, I just saw that, I guess, Mike Wenke's car is still floating around uh, Division 4 somewhere, but it, there, there was a few of them floating around, but it, it wasn't a, a Cobra Jet of choice, I guess, because it was a heavier car, you know, I, I mean, even in D at that time, I ran that thing. It was thirty-seven thirty. It was it was it was a heavy car, um, so it, it was unique. But it was something different. And I mean, it, it's um, I'm not a Mopar purist. But you guys will get into that as this this goes on. I mean, I, I 
prefer Chrysler's, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not that big into it. You know, I've always said, you know, I'm kind of, uh, real forgiving when it comes to these things and you know, i'll drive anything I, I just don't like front wheel drives i've driven some front wheel drive stuff and that does nothing for me um if it's going to be in one of the slower classes though my gig usually is it needs to be fast and i mean really fast there's no reason uh for me to be in a slow car that's not going to qualify you know number one win class or do something like that i just there when you get into something that unique it, it gives you the ability to build something that there's some gray area there and, and you can find some things and there's lots of innovation, I guess, in a slow car and uh, there's cookie cutter things. I, I can't. And, and we've got fast cars too. You know, my, my wife's got a 446 back Barracuda. So, I mean, I, I, some of that stuff, though, you've got to get into the point where you start buying uh, really expensive components. I mean, it's just the way it is. You know, but you get into, you know, a 4.3, you know, El Camino that uh, with a V6 in it, you're, you're not going to just call people and say, send me this manifold or send me that camshaft or is the transmission guy going to know what converter, what gear stack to put in the transmission? They're not going to know these things. So the, the guesswork gets to be a little more. Um, the fun thing for me is the slow cars seem to like the same things. If you, once you start to read the compression and the camshaft, making changes gets to be uh, pretty, it's pretty simple. I mean, it, it, they all follow the same routine. They're on the track for a long time. Um, generally they don't have big camshafts, so they, they all kind of work the same way. It's just you apply and hit them the same way and they seem to work out, you know, pretty good. Um, a lot of pressure from friends now though, to, 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 park the slower cars and, and get into something fast and get back um, to where I was trying to win races with something, you know, I, I guess as my buddy, Charlie Downing would always say, you know, tens are faster, get into something where you can win, you know, in, in a stalker and super stalker still, once again, you know, get into something quicker. That's pretty cool. Where'd you I go agree. from the Torino? Uh, from the Torino at that time, uh, I, I had several cars and I it was in college. I, I didn't have a ton of time and a ton of money. And that's when I built the first U stock car was, a, a I built a 66 Belvedere wagon. Uh, and then, and then I've had a lot of mentors in this that, you know, long before, and we'll get into the AHFS stuff, but long before the, the book was online and it was so easy to read. Uh, you, you had to buy these sheets from NHRA. And I had a couple of friends that had very extensive books. And you know, a couple of them called me on the phone. They're like, that's the bad car. So I parked that Belvedere wagon and put a 500-inch aluminum head motor in it as a street car and found a two-door 65 because the carburetor was better. And that was, that was kind of the next car I ventured into uh, after that. And that, that, that car provided a lot of entertainment. That it, it got me uh, going to Indy on a regular basis 20 years ago. A um, lot, of, lot of fun battling. Um, earned a little respect in the process, but a lot of people um, talking about, you know, you'll, you'll bring that old heat back here and see you cross the Mississippi. It'll lose, you know, three-tenths somewhere, and you won't be running with us then. And that, so that, that was kind of entertaining. I mean, I know when I got the car to Indy, got off the trailer it lost three tenths and i was 
beating my head against the wall. Um, and if we had the modern schedule in Indy, I'd have been, I would have been a lost cause, but because I had Wednesday to run the car, figure out why that little two barrel wouldn't burn water, which was pretty much the problem. And I was able to go out, you know, Thursday morning and, and qualifying a top 10, you know, and went from 7,500 to 110 under. And all of a sudden I, you know, I was in the okay crowd is bringing that car back there. Um, after that, I, I spun off that combination and put that combination in a 65 Valiant. Um, started putting sticks in those cars. So I ran that car in Q and Q stick. Um, in between there, I, uh, my wife and I, we built a, for her to drive, we had a, she had a 74, 360 Dart Sport. Uh, after that, I talked with Jerry Bennett kind of extensively and I, I built a 76 Valari which was a good combination at that time in the late nineties, um, hadn't been beat up too much. And that was good. Um, and, and that gets us, you know, into the late, late nineties at that point, uh, another mentor of mine, uh, Chuck Norton said, it's time for us to try to get into the injected stuff. And I, we had bought a Camaro from Mike Keener and John Cavatayo. Um, that, that, that started a good run the, the LT one LS one style cars, you know, even the V6s and the F bodies, um, I'm still not out of those. They're they're great race cars, and we spent a lot of time with those. Um, that car was fast. I drug that car around the country quite a bit. Um, then, as Chuck wanted to actually step back, he had built a really good super stock F body LT1. Uh, we had traded back with you know some funds back and forth, and we had a super stock. Uh, LT1 car, which that that car we didn't have all that long, but it was really successful from the get go as far as class and the eliminator. Um, I think second race, my wife drove it and went to a final in the car right away. I mean, it was just and that combination today is still stellar. It's just I'm not sure if people just don't want to run super HIJ. I'm not quite sure what the reasoning is, but it's it's still a stellar combination. You've got a good. A uh, good crowd of people that own those cars. They're they're really intelligent and uh, really diligent about protecting that combination as well as going fast, but not making any mistakes either. I mean, that combination been the same horse bar for God almost twenty years. Um, and then there's just been a list of cars built in between in there, which. Um, I kind of voided my own rule of when people get in that they're better off buying a car, but some of the stuff that I got involved with was so obscure that it, it just, it, you couldn't, you couldn't just go find it, I guess, you know, I mean, it's just been a, a long road of just like the, I guess you know, Bobby referred to the truck that a bunch of people came together, um, namely Jim Marshall and, uh, Paul Dilcher and, and the Downing family really, they stepped up and we built that thing in 60 days. Uh, it was one of those things to show up at Indy. Um, there was a guy in Division 5 uh, that had one, uh, Richard Mullenhart, and he was going really fast. And we, we watched that and we're like, oh, okay, that's, that's something we ought to put together. We can make that fly. And we had to round up parts. And I remember I called in favors to CP to try to get pistons because it, it is a unique short block. You know, and some people were like, well, I'll just take a short block out of a Camaro or a Nova. You'll be fine. And I'm like, I, 
this is going to get torn down. It's got to have the right parts in it. You know, and I, and I said, if we go number one, trust me, it's going to, and, and sure as anything, it was number one, but it, it grabbed the first spot in the barn with the engine, you know, engine hoist in front of it. It was just one of those things. So, but that was, that was a fun effort. Um, I still have that today. I don't think I'll ever get rid of that. It's, it's a fun vehicle. Um, it's been refined a lot since we've first put it together. I mean, it, it's been, you know, transmission gears and, and, and just the engine's been, you know, things have been gone through and updated. It, it, it's, it's a good vehicle for what it is. I mean, it really, for a 118 inch wheelbase pickup truck, it, it, it leaves good. And it's, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, is it hard to make that work it, right out of the batter? Because like, you know, it, it, it was so soft, it ran really good. But by the time now that it's, um, it unfortunately just got horsepower again. Uh, cause another, uh, that same truck that I went to battle in Indy got sold. Um, and it's up in division five right now. I don't think he's a, quite aware how the system works. So it got six more horsepower because he went to one points race and, and laid down a bunch of, you know, second, second, 10 under passes. And it, it, it took a pretty good clip of horsepower now. So it moved, that's now an MNO car. So, um, once, once it got to somewhere around maybe P it, it became more drivable. It wasn't trying to hide how fast it was. Um, but now at this point you got to, now in M you're starting to work on that thing. Some it's, it's not quite the gift it was. It's, it's still favorable, but it's not just a complete gift. I mean, it, like I said, when I started out with it, it was, it was, it was a kind of a joke. There was a whole plan of people in 2012 trying to be number one at Indy. Um, and we were lying in the weeds. Nobody had any idea what I had brought or what I had done or what happened. Um, you know, that, that, that last, that first qualifying pass, there was people with cool boxes all over. Cause, and at that time, that was, that was not a freebie race either. You, you took the horsepower for what you did. You, you took it and you, know, you took it, took it like an adult. And, you know, if you got, you know, 10%, 11%, 12%, whatever you got, 8%, you took it. And it was one of those things. But there was people wanting to be number one at Indy that bad that they were willing to take power. Now, we, we knew we were taking power. It was one of those things. It's just, but the conglomerate of people with me to put it together, we, we wanted to be number one. That was the idea. And like I said, it, it, it was just really soft. That truck really had no. Uh, I mean, truck, it, like Larry Hill was, was running that combo. Yeah, he, no, Larry Hill always one? ran a he always ran a V6. Okay. So that that there's there's a lot of possible combinations that go in those pickup trucks, believe it or not. You know, they're not they were sold with a lot of different the V6 is a pretty good combination, but that was the one that um when they decided to start splitting sticks and automatics, that was the one where Larry Hill uh he put a Jericho in his truck and it it was fast in V stick. I mean he went God, I want to say he went 1290. You know, it was pretty pretty stout you know i mean it, it was you know, go, go back to that for a second you said when they started splitting sticks and automatics they didn't always do that because i guess i'm still young and new the, the stick and automatic horsepower was generally never split at one point in the game all right so you're talking about just the horsepower you're not talking about yeah. the actual class runoff oh no the class the class it's always been split that's what splits yeah. since the beginning okay. of time yeah. i i don't know I, I know a lot of people all for morphing that to get um to get more heads up runs and and i do agree i mean i know there's a whole bunch of 
uh, following that say that heads up runs will change this and, and heads up runs will will make the factory sense to work better. And I, I couldn't agree more. Um, mixing the sticks and automatics, I'm not quite sure that that's going to, I think it'll cause more drama than it will help because then you're going to have, and I, and you always have complainers. I mean, it's just one of the things, I mean, go on any, any forum or any website, you know, Facebook class racer, whatever. I mean, they're, they, you have about half racers and, and half people that, I, I don't know what they're doing, you know, I mean, they're, or they have a car that they haven't put down the track in 15 years, or they're building something, or they don't race anymore. But they, they, I think the whining when you combine those will be pretty intense. Because the, the, the rating, you know, if you get somebody in there having to battle each other, heads up, I mean, take take a really common car, for instance, you know, you, you take a Ironhead 375, 396 Camaro, you know, and it's 409 horsepower with an automatic and you are 385 horse with a stick shift. Well, those automatic guys aren't going to take too good to that, you know, one way or another. But then, you know, you put a 283 stick guy, you know, that's got a, say like a 67 Nova, 66 Nova that's rated at 229 with a stick uh, and it's 220 or 217, whatever it is with an automatic. Well, the griping is going to go, you know, the other way towards the automatics favorability. So I, I don't, I don't think there's an easy fix to all this, but I, at this point, people, uh, this, this, if I just open a can of worms, it's going to take some common sense. And I don't know at this point, if there's anybody that's willing to spend that time to do that, you know, the, the, this whole source bar system was based on discretion before the AHFS was based on discretion and based on, you know, the common sense of actual uh, NHRA, you know, tech and people of that nature that would get together and give horsepower. But um, there was some vindictive horsepower. I mean, there was just, it, it, it didn't, like I said, it, the HFS was, it was a great idea. Um, but the problem is anytime you put something in writing together, it could be manipulated. I mean, it, it just has, and that's, why you have a couple more renditions recently with that whole formula that's gone out there, you know? So, and it, it and it is what it is. Like I said, it, I, we got that, that truck got put in the books because it was never in the books. Um, if you fast forward to 2018, the El Camino that I brought to Indy, well, it, it was in the books, you know, with a flat tap at camshaft, but it was never in the books you know, as an 87 with a, a roller V6. So we got that put back in the books or actually Bob Shaw got that put back in the books and a little meaty of the minds there and going back and forth. And that thing became wicked fast, you know, but it hadn't, it had never been touched. It had never been factored or anything else. Will I say that that thing's got the wrong factor on the window? For sure it does, but that's the nature of the beast. It's been like that since the beginning of time. You know, I mean, I remember you know, say Martha Thompson showing up, Martha and Dave Thompson showing up at, at Pomona with a, you know, a 94 Firebird rated at 275 horsepower. I mean, uh, I'm sure, Brian, you can you can assimilate with that. You know, imagine, you know, taking 100 and, well, you're an LS1 now, though, still. But, it, you know, going and taking something at 358 and moving it back to 275 and see how fast it is. I mean, <laughs> it, it, that's always been the case. I think the only- new cars have always come into the, factor and that's you know when they got factored and 
they were supposed to get caught up with, but that was the benefit for taking the risk of building something like that. Yeah, like I think um, the LS1 came out at like 305, so I mean, what, 76 horsepower less than what it's rated yeah, now? Like, yeah, wow. yeah, when those po- when those were populating G&H in Indy, uh, you, you were like, well, look how fast that is, you know, and I could, you, you stick a camshaft in the motor, put a, you know, a 200 behind it, and you got a rocket, you know, I mean, you didn't even have to do anything at 305 horsepower, the thing actually ran that good. You know, put, you know, 513 gears on a eight inch converter, a 200 and a good cam in there, you know, and CC the cylinder heads and away you went. But do you think right now, like the thing I have is so you look at, okay, they were really underfactored, but then, you know, the situation where two of them ran heads up and got hit. Like, I almost think there should be a way for things like to gauge the cars that are currently running. Like, it would be nice if, all right, if those cars aren't running, if there's not an average of say 85 maybe there's a reduction automatic reduction on some of those i disagree with nhra's new rule that a car can never get horsepower back that that to me makes no sense because time's going to change and times do change and cars become less competitive i mean you've you've seen this since the beginning of time i've ridden across the country with you know these mentor chuck norton or a bill nelson or whatever and i i've rattled their brains listening to all the stuff that they've done over the years, you know, and, you know, like Bill Nelson telling me, you know, he had a 57, you know, Ford station wagon that was, you know, Y block with a, with a supercharger on, you know, centrifugal supercharger on it, you know, and people are like, this is focus. And how can this be, you know? And then, so that's, that's always existed since the beginning of time that that's always existed. It's, it's one of those things that's, it's always been there, but, combinations don't always stay good you know and then and there's an there's an age-old thing that i was told when i came in is a combination wasn't good you don't run it you know it, it's done you know it, you didn't pick that combination you know i mean somebody oh, well, you know sometimes when they they put things they make cars bad combinations from the get-go you know when as soon as the the sae ratings came in in 72 73 they they they, they came in and they were like wow well, take something that I'm fairly familiar with, you know, take a, a, a 73 charger with a 440. Well, it's rated at, you know, 265 horsepower stock. We, you're not getting it at 260. They immediately went in there and blanketed and put it at 350. Well, the car was never run for that reason. So I, I do think there still needs to be an option to get horsepower back. If you want to keep this system like it is. And, you know, a lot of people will call this welfare or whatever you want to call it, which Okay, maybe it is welfare for, you know, dead combinations in stock limit or, or combinations that have been just hurt that aren't competitive anymore. You know, I mean, when Brian, you get to, you know, you get to race somebody, you know, somebody like, well, who's in your neck of the woods, like Al Corda, who has a, you know, a new 2015 Camaro. Well, the engine's significantly better and you've got to run him at the same horsepower. It's probably not going to turn out real well. You know, that modern LSX motor is not the same motor as that old LS1 you're using. So, yeah, they they should open this up. Now, like I said, whether common sense is going to apply with how NHRA is going to deal with this, I I don't have any idea. But that 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 rule should be rescinded that if if it ever got horsepower, it can't get it back. Because, I mean, that just kind of says, well, once it once it screws itself up, it's done. You might as well just you're going to have to figure out how to. Dodge a heads up race, or you're going to have to figure out how to 
make it work at the horsepower it's at. You know, it, it earned what it got, and that's the way it's going to stay. And the other thing, too, is if they correct the other ones faster. I mean, it is all going to come relative. But, like, you know, my my nemesis right now is these new challengers. You know, Dino out there can, you know, I had a heads up on him. He was 250 on the tree. I was two, and <laughs> I still lost by 400, you know, like, just wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Ford has not put any of those in there, but yeah, they're and they're always going to be around, you know. I mean, that I think he's using the 392 combination, but then it's still, it's yeah, it's not. I mean, we have one of those as a street car, trust me. I think it, it for a stock car to put some soft tires on it and, and a couple of time, I mean, not even bolt ons that really change performance, but stuff to make a drive by wire car more drivable to go high 11s at altitude here, it, it's they're rockets from the get go. Um, you know, you can't pick up the same amount as you can with, you know, an old car, but it, it still, nonetheless, yeah, they, they need to offer something back. I mean, that system, uh, people will say that system's completely awful. I, I don't agree with that. I think that system's there for a reason. I mean, it's just, it, it has, there's has to be something there and the discretion of, of tech officials, it, it, the, the tech officials used to have a, a much stronger pulse on the class as a whole at one point. So I think hitting something with horsepower, I think now I don't know that the tech officials are as aware of all the combinations that are out there. So I, I think that they were more vested at one point to watch it carefully and the automatic horsepower factoring system has made it so they really don't have to really watch anything. It's, it's, it's all dollars and cents and numbers. I mean, it is what it is. And I mean, that's why they've gone in and, and added a couple little more caveats in there to try to stop people from manipulating the system. Um, but it, it, it's all in writing. If you want to manipulate it, you just need to be a little more committed to the cause. You can't go out there and you know, with their little add-on that they're going to look at thousand and sixty six sixty foot numbers, you, you can't go into a point where you're you're just going to be like, well, I'm going to go out there and dump it at a thousand, and I'm going to go, you know, two tenths under, and I'm going to get more horsepower off this thing. You know, that that part isn't going to work anymore. Which is fine. I don't think that should be that easy. You know, if you want to get horsepower off something, you don't think it's competitive, then you know, pull the timing out of it, go put a stock transmission in it, or do whatever to try to make it less competitive, but don't go out there and dump it at a thousand feet and expect that that's how easily you're going to make that happen. Um, well, and I'm not, like I said, my theory is always, I'm not asking for gifts, but like, so you kind of have two ends, right? You have like the Uber genius like you that can find those combos and build cars to fit where they, you know, where they're going to be competitive. You have another group of people that's just going to throw all the money at it and go as fast as they can. Cause they're at a point in their life where you can do that. But then, like I would consider myself as the entry level. Like I didn't pick my Camaro. It kind of picked me and you know, I wanted to be able to play in the stock super stock game knowing, knowing that I probably wasn't going to be, you know, the fastest car out there, but I just wanted to get an exposure to it. And then of course, once the needles in, you get addicted and you want to go faster. And it's just like, I couldn't see myself racing any other thing, but you know, those F bodies are a pretty good budget way to make a nice competitive, consistent race car. It's just hard to get them fast enough. So and I knew that when I built the car, and it's I'm probably never going to be a number one qualifier, but you know, just I do feel they're a little overrated compared to like the stick combos, which are underrated. So I mean, there's just that stuff everywhere. So I either need to work on my stuff, go faster, or build a different car. 
but I do think if they could allow some correction, it's going to help bring back some of these cars that are maybe mothballed and help people get into more, you know, just to bring more cars to the sport. It's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I mean, I, like I said, I, I've got one car that I, that I built with my heart. It's just, it's not the best combination in the world. And I, there's a couple guys, division five, and they've been picking at it, helping me, but I've got a 62 Savoy with uh 383 within line two, four barrels. It's just, you know, on paper, it, it, it's a great race car until you get to the intake manifold. And that's kind of a thing that sinks it, but it's sometimes you build things like that. And like I said, when you, when you get in sometimes like what you did, I think you made a great decision. Uh, and, you know, I, 90 a 93 to 02 f body car is a quintessential race car i mean it's got a giant traction bar under it it's short wheelbase i mean it cuts the air it's, it it's got all the qualities of what i would think make a great race car i mean the cars if they spin you're doing something wrong i mean they're they're just they're great great race cars but you know at 381 horsepower you know you're your back's kind of against the wall i mean that's that's a pretty as far as ls motors are that's the archaic one i mean you're you're using the oldest one with the most simple of parts in it i mean it's it, it can make a ton of power but you you get you get into the situation where you you got to spot somebody you know 35 or 37 horsepower whatever your spot in a stick car i mean that makes it competitive wise makes it a lot less competitive at this point so it um yeah it, it, there's there's something to be said for it i mean it but it's it's a matter of like i said it's are, are you going to go start spending cubic dollars trying to chase it or do whatever i mean i because i think you know the ls1 can still be pretty competitive but i i just don't it's not going to run with one of those good challengers and it's sure not going to run with a good you know 2015 camaro um when there's a couple other cars floating around a and b that they're pretty wicked you know i don't know i think jason line even got into b with his car but that's i don't even know that that's so much as a great combination as it is just something that's been flogged further than than rationally possible i mean uh, that's more what's happened there that that car's had more effort put into it uh, than you can possibly believe really so do you have any knowledge to so, why the firebird was put in at different shipping weights in the camaro like how does that whole discrepancy that's come in? that's gone on since the beginning of time since you had engineers involved i mean if you go back to you know the 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 70s with and i think the manipulation of the weight brakes did not start happening until the engineers started taking place like with the oldsmobiles and uh some of the different pontiacs in the 70s when they started putting in all kinds of crazy combinations and you know oldsmobiles got really big camshafts all of a sudden you know camshafts they never came with um but you had some you had some great engineers out there in there digging um, some that I, I'm actually very tied to. They, they manipulated the, the book to make the thing, you know, with the engineers to, to make it, you know, for you, you know, a, a WS6, a non-WS6, a Trans Am, you know, one with a 1LE package, which if you think about it, it's actually correct. I mean, the weight brakes are going to, should be different on something, but to put that many weight brakes in for those things, it was, it was kind of a little, uh, a little different. You know, I, I think the engineering went a little different when they when they put when they started again with the next big run when they built the, the factory stock cars um they just basically opened the can of worms with the engines more so than anything but at one point in the game yeah they, they were they're really good about spreading the cars out making making them be able to run a lot of classes and that was the idea and i, I got to give the engineers credit for that and 
you know, the manufacturers, you know, they, they had involvement and, you know, they, they worked with NHRA and they came up with reasoning and, and, and with the Firebird, like I said, the, the real heavy suspension, you know, they, they kind of made those cars, which didn't make any sense. You've always thought, you know, a WS6 car would be run a actual faster class. But at this point, you know, well, they said, well, it had the heavy suspension. It's got all this other nonsense on it. It's got to run a slower class. And they were able to split those cars up, even though when you made them into a stalker, they didn't have any of that heavy suspension left on them. I mean, they had a spoiler and a hood left. That was, that was all that was there, you know, for like for an SS Camaro or whatever, but it, uh, it's it still, I, I see the reasoning behind it. And that was good. You know, when they came to build the FS cars at one point, they decided they were going to hit it with pure power. You know, we're, well, we're going to come up with 600 lift camshafts and the unlimited compression. And I mean, some of the, if you look at the compression of some of those FS cars are, they're, they're comp motors, but it's, but yeah, you know, like I said, once again, that if the manufacturers want to take a, vested role in, in what's going on, then that's, I think that's a, that's, that's a good thing. I mean, they, they should, they should be involved and that's what makes the sport go around. Uh, when we lose the manufacturers having a vested interest in it, then we got a problem at that point. What do you think, like, as far as building a new car, like today, if somebody wanted to come in and build a car, like, what do you think the dream combo, we're going to pick your brain for some free advice. For 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 what though? What what do you what are you looking for? I want to win and go fast. You want to win and go fast. I mean, I, I think like what you're talking about, like Dan's Dan's Rust is doing. I think that's that that's a good. I mean, these these 15 Camaros are going to get beat up, but I, they're going to allow something else in. But I mean, it, it just depends on budget as to where you want to go. I mean, there's. I would say some of these some of those combinations are really good. I mean, they're they're some you could dig into some of those cars and look into them um bang for the buck i mean if you look at like the the older copos that are floating around i don't see how you can lose i mean i've got friends that have got them and and i've picked their brain on them and they just they just run and run and run it's amazing they change the oil and keep tires on it and and look at the they haven't even pulled valve covers off those things just run them and run them they're they're a well-built vehicle I mean, I, that I'll give them credit. I mean, the first challengers were certainly not, I mean, I know people tried to run those with the engines they came with and they came apart and, and what have you, but I mean, there's, I mean, the, the five, the new five liter Mustang with a no blower, you know, some of that stuff, maybe something that's, that's a good Avenue to go out there and win with, but I, I think it's the NA, it, it's really the NA Camaros and some of the natural aspirated challengers, I think that are, they're, they're, they're a good way to come in and win, but now you're, you're coming in with a pocketbook pretty deep, you know, if you don't watch. But I think as far as bang for the buck, I think the older Copos seem to be the, the one of the good places because those classes aren't super populated. I mean, you can end up in FSE at a points race or a national event. I mean, you get to Indy, then, you know, all, all bets are off. You know, everybody's trying to win class and things have changed, but at every other national event or points race, you, know, you get into, you know, one of those FS classes that aren't super populated. Uh, the chances of running into a heads up race are fairly slim. You know, you can put weight or add weight or move the car around and get into a, you know, class where you've got a good shot and a car that's fast, it's going to hook and it's going to be consistent. I mean, I think that's, you know, and that's hard for somebody like me to say, but if you get into my mindset, of course, I'm looking at some really odd stuff and I'm still building more, odd stuff that people haven't even seen yet um 
but yeah, yeah there's there's some good comment and 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 we're we're giving into that we have a new challenger basically just about completed we've been struggling to get valves that's actually been the it, it seems pretty simple and pretty stupid for this to be the holdup but we couldn't even get valves made for the thing. It, it took us months and months and months of the car had been on the track at the end of last year. Uh, we we couldn't even get we couldn't get valves for the thing. It was kind of crazy for a 2015 Challenger. So who does your motor work? Do you guys do it in house or do you have? Um, you know, I, I the Chrysler's. I've got Paul Haslauer, who's a great. He's a great uh, asset, and he has a lot of knowledge. Uh, but we have a lot of different people putting in different pieces, you know, Don Little's been kind of instrumental in helping me do things for ages. Uh, Mike Blackstone's another one that helps me do a lot of, uh, engine work dyno. He actually has done some assemblies. I've, we've run out of time as far as, you know, life getting in the way I've had him do a lot of assembly on things. Um, but certain vehicles, you know, like I said, I, the, the V6 Firebird I have, that's still a Bill Nelson piece. So it uh, it, it just kind of depends on which vehicle they are. When there's as many cars floating around as I've got, it kind of, uh, a lot of times you're not going to, the same engine builder is not going to touch them um, the same way. So that ends up being a little different. So it, it, that part actually uh changes a lot of the situation at hand so i gotta ask then how many cars are in your stable um <laughs> guess I, I knew you guys were gonna ask this i mean i've got uh 62 the 62 plymouth savoy and i've got a pair of 65 valiants a coupe and a convertible um the convertible is a stick shift 273 four barrel um and then there's um I have the 65 Belvedere, the original U car that I've always had that's got a stick in it. Um, we have that 76 pack Barracuda. Um, partners, of course, on a 69 375 Camaro that is back east. That stays back there with the, the 86 C10 pickup truck. Um, we have a 72 Demon low compression super stock car. Um, there's the 2002 Firebird that we run in super stock. Uh, I got a car that's nobody's seen anything of. I've got Larry Hills 71 charger. Um, it was a little rougher than I gave credit for when I got it here. I had to change a ton of sheet metal on it, but it, uh, that, that actually we're, we're I'm working on that now as well. Uh, trying to get that sorted out and put back together. Now that, that should be a pretty solid combination to actually do something with it should be pretty good so um that that we somebody we should see that out probably in the next eh, month or so two months we'll see that when the season gets going out the west out here we'll see that thing show up so the hardest decision um, you have is which car you're going to drive when you go to the race um well to a degree but like i said i i've got some friends that are leaning on me pretty hard and i'm at a point where i'm gonna start driving stuff if, if it's not faster than i'm gonna start leaning away from running them as much i mean that's something i'm not i'm just not gonna stick myself i i, I would like to actually get back to the point where you know winning a race is a possibility i guess and so i uh I, i'm gonna stick with stuff that's a little quicker right now uh, 
the slow cars aren't going anywhere, but I, and like when I, when I go back East, I'll probably still drive the C10. Um, but I'm still made up driving that, the Camaro and A or B as well. So, um, and we're torn there, Brian, that's the same thing with that. I mean, that thing gets 20 horsepower off if we put a stick in it and I have the whole stick set up sitting on the shelf for the pickup truck that I could put right in that thing. So, I mean, uh, Charlie and I are definitely torn on putting the stick in that car. Cause it's, it, it's an animal with a stick shift. Yeah, that's, are uh... you on the list for, uh, Pomona? I'm just trying to check here. I see. Actually, actually, people are texting me as we speak to make sure Definitely to enter for Gainesville there. and Pomona right now. I, I'm going to enter Pomona right now as we speak. And then, um, it, it uh, people are, they're, picking at me to enter Gainesville right now. So I see Stephanie listed in the uh 440. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm actually yeah, yeah, she's gonna drive that car with a four barrel though. Okay. I'm gonna pull the six pack the, the six pack engine out of it and put the four barrel in it. So but yeah I see Charlie over here is he's hammering me right now to enter for Gainesville because that opens in uh, a minute, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah grade eight does open today <laughs> yeah yeah not, and that'll i i don't that part i just don't get i don't get whatsoever why that system is what it is you have what, a better proposition um i i think at this point they ought to let more cars in i mean i don't i don't see why they're not letting more cars in i mean i know this is going to be one of the other angles uh, you guys were going to look at, but I mean, I just letting in 60 cars just doesn't seem to make sense to me. I, I don't, I don't necessarily understand it. Um, but it, it's one of those things that it, I think they, at this point they should, they should be letting more stuff in than what they are, uh, especially a race like Gainesville. You, you could, I, I don't know why at this point they don't want to let in, enter 128 cars you know at this point i mean it's it's one more round i guess it gets to take up some more space i'm not quite sure and if they want the factory system to work then you know don't qualify 128 cars you know maybe qualify you know even if you do 128 96 or if you let in say you know 80 cars qualify 64 you know however you want to do it i mean that would be fine um and I, I know a lot of people letting 70 in at Gainesville. Yeah. They are only letting 60 in. Um, yeah. Eh. And so it, it's one of those things that I, I don't, I don't understand like the whole reasoning uh, behind it. But at this point, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I just, I, I would think that, I guess at this point, I would think they would think about it a little differently, you know, um, I would think they would think about it in a way that they could manipulate. And sorry, I'm entering this race as we speak, actually, just so I can, they don't hammer me and I don't not well, show up. It filled up a grade eight last year in what, two hours I heard. So you have to be on the ball. Go ahead. You enter. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 different classes running at Gainesville. Mind you, Pomona is not full yet. If anybody wants to enter stock or super stock of Pomona, you, there's plenty of room left. Um, but we do have the factory stock showdown at Gainesville. We have Pro Mod, which 
I'm totally not a fan of. Uh, people have heard me say that before, but in my opinion, so what? crash your oil down and delay stuff. Yeah, I, that I, I tell you the one I don't I don't get it's what's going on with it anymore is alcohol. I, I it just seems like they maybe and maybe and in some places back east, okay, yeah, but I I think out here it, it's it's on the struggle bus, and it, it's just not it's well, not what it need was. It. We need alcohol. I, I only like running national events where alcohol is there because that's the only way we're going to get on TV for our 10 seconds at the end. If there's no alcohol there, there's no sportsman show. So we need them until they, you know, by some miracle, we, we ever kind of get our own little sportsman show where they highlight all the sportsman classes and maybe give us more than a 10 second final round recap. But that's the only chance we have is with alcohol and alcohol to me, they don't, I don't have as many problems as pro mod and i don't know i just i just feel like everywhere i've been even at even at indie this year mm-hmm. I think pro mod had an accident and the jegs all-stars got pushed all the way to the back the hemi shootout final round got pushed all the way to the back and the crowd was all gone by the time we got to run all those things and it's just like why you know but i, I know there's a big fan base for pro mod they're unpredictable they're wild it's it's like you know it, it has you know, it has its uh, um, appeal, but just not to me. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I can see that that being the case. I mean, they, 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 they uh, I don't know. And like I said, I see, you know, there's this whole following for all this no prep stuff too at this point, which I don't, I'm not quite sure what the whole purpose of all that is either at this point, but it, it, I know that's another big following now. And, and, and I, and I see it, you know, they, they get a lot of fans there and it, it changes, you know, a lot of how everything works. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of what some of the kids want to see, you know, they want, they want to see some of that stuff. And, and I, and I wonder if that's some of the following with pro mod is that people like to see stuff, I don't know if they want to see things crash. I, I'm kind of actually at a loss for what what the I reasoning that, for that it is. What it, I mean, as sad as it sounds, anytime there's a crash, that's what makes the highlight reel. That's like when Larry Dixon went flying 50 feet in the air at Gainesville a couple of years ago. That was on like CBS or ABC News, too. I mean, it was just like, yeah, that's the only time a local news channel up here in, you know, in Pennsylvania and Jersey actually showed it. So it's uh it's unfortunate but that's what gets i it gets views so i i guess that's the same thing with pro mod i don't know out on the west coast though it just seems like you know super comp fills up right away uh, as opposed to the class cars and then over here on the east coast class cars fill up stock will fill up in one day and uh super comp you can probably wait till like week six to enter if you want yeah, if you you should watch Gainesville. I'm watching the thing. It is it's going up like exponentially. The entering, it's kind of insane. All right, in the last five minutes, it, it, no, 50, it's, it's fifty it's stockers gonna, it's gonna be, have entered. It's going to be it's going to be full in ten minutes. Fifty stockers entered in 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 five minutes. It opened five minutes ago, right? Yeah. So it, it's going to be full super in stockers minutes. and fifty stockers. So sorry to take that delay away, but yeah, it's going to be full in ten minutes. 52 stock literally yes. everybody listening right now is like crap i gotta get in yeah yeah that's kind of funny so anyway where were we at so we can keep moving on but yeah i i don't i don't know what 
I, I wish I know. I'm sure everybody wants to see the magic wand, but this factoring system, I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I really, really don't. I mean, if you think people aren't going to manipulate it or, you know, the NHRA thinks people aren't going to manipulate it, they're, they're just well, it's, they're it's a strategy. Crazy. It's a chess game. It's fine. Manipulate it. That's the way the rules are written. You're allowed to bunt in baseball. Use it. Manipulate it. Use it to your advantage. Like you, yeah. There are rules. You had to make something objective. I can't imagine just saying, oh, we're going to hit this with horsepower. We're using our common sense. You, you put a subjective... <laughs> you know uh, a point to it it's people are really going to be upset if it's just based on math okay fine it can be manipulated so, but at least it's just based on math bobby for the first 30 years it was it was subjective nhra tech officials yeah you and know that's scary I, you, you set a record you set a record this week you did this so guess what five horsepower you know i mean and it's just kind of one of the things you know like i said i i don't I don't think that that system can work. That's not something you, you can, you can have happen. It's just, it's something. But it just, it just, takes, it t- at least it takes away the, the uh, theory that, Oh, you hit me with horsepower. Cause you don't like me. At sure. least it got rid of that, I guess is, is what I'm sure. Saying. Just based on numbers. Yeah. So, and people yeah, still now, claim, now it can be tweaked. People still uh, claim that they play favorites <laughs> with taking the horsepower off and, and how they do everything, but it, it's just, you know, and people forget that you've always been able to get horsepower off stuff. You just had to write a letter. Maybe the letter had to be a little more eloquent or something had to be done where that letter, you know, was good. And I, I've written letters for stuff being a mess before. I'm like this, you know, and I'll say, you know, whoever farmer or Jerry Valentine or whoever was on the list of people when they put a new car in the books and they were like, well, this needs, 30 horsepower right now well because it's it's just bogus you know it's like it's talking about the sa years when the things came out and like i mean i don't think like say like a i don't even know if 340 dusters came in at 240 horsepower i think they may have been hit from the get-go but um i know a lot of the chryslers and, and a lot of the gms they made they made them uncompetitive right from the get-go you know they were like um what people will claim is one of the biggest abominations ever was like the 302 Fords, which have been the, and this is slow stuff. So this is slow trivia, which a lot of people don't really even care about, but you know, they, when they came in and, and put horsepower on those blanketed on all the 302 two barrels and had them all around, you know, 170, 180, 200 horsepower. And then they came back and put them all at the actual factory rating, you know, somewhere between hundred and, 29 horsepower and 160 horsepower they moved i think god it had to be 100 over 100 combinations got all the horsepower taken off them up. and i mean then there, there was a couple people that were much like me you know i mean you have like a gary summers or whatever got in there and said look at this freebie and i'm gonna number one qualify and take horsepower for the next well for him for the, the rest of his racing career i mean he's been able to beat that down for years and years and years you know and i don't uh out here you know a friend of mine mike graham he's another one that's he went through the system and it's it's there for the taking i don't know whose infinite wisdom and nhr i thought that was a wise idea to do but you know it breathed a little life into the slow cars for especially for a while i mean it, people were building them and they're still building them because it's if you want to get in an nhr race for for really inexpensive and go seven eight tenths under those that that's the combination to pick it's really really simple and the parts are plentiful and the cars aren't expensive you know 
you get into the Chrysler world with some of the stuff I do, you know, the, the bodies are scarce and, and they can get quite expensive really quickly. Um, you know, and even like the, the dumb C10 pickup truck or the El Camino that I took in 18 of Bob Shaw's, those bodies are even getting expensive. You know, if they're, there's a following in the street market for those things. So they get, they can get fairly pricey fairly quickly. So, but yeah, I, I, I wish there was a magic wand, the wave to, you know, make 75% of the people happy. Cause you're not going to make everybody happy, you know, one way or another. And I mean, with that whole system and there's people that complain and cry that they'll, you know, well, I can't race against money and I can't race against this. And, you know, I mean, and then there's the guys that make effort that's completely unbelievable, which, you know, I'm some of those people I'm kind of close to, but there, there truly is no substitute for, for effort and, and people that will work on a car. I mean, you take somebody like a Steve Wan that just tears that car apart and tirelessly dinos it over and over and over. I mean, it's, if you explain how hard somebody like that works on a car, it'll just wear you out. I mean, it's just, holy smoke, the motor's out of the car that much. And I mean, it's, it, it's just kind of amazing how, you know, and there's tons of people you get, and then you get into the A and B ranks, you know, with those guys that show up at Indy, there's, there's guys that, that they, they, they tirelessly work on a car. I mean, it's not even just throwing money into the point. They got to keep, if you want to be number the number one guy in those classes, it, it takes a ton of effort. I mean, it's just they're constantly trying to lighten stuff, taking find the next big bang for the buck, or even the next you know small bang for a lot of money just to get a little more and lead a little further ahead. It's kind of tough. There's no perfect answer or strategy to any of this. It would what what pleases some is gonna upset others it's just the way it is even last week when we were bouncing those ideas like you said take 80 qualify 64 like there was caveats to that like who's not going to show up anymore who knows they don't have a shot at qualifying um hiding the entry list who's going to be upset at that then they can't see who's going to be there and then then maybe they will enter like there was there's nothing 95 under for uh the uh what the mine shaft now in stock yeah that and that's going to take that out of this that's going to take that out of the equation basically completely which at this point like i said i I don't penalizing people for going fast to me seems to be the wrong idea i i think you should reward them and you know go back to paying for number one qualifier you know there's plenty of sponsors that want to see people go fast i mean let's go out and and i don't know how much nhra or who does this goes out and actually seeks the sponsor to say look we want to make everybody go fast. So we're going to pay for the top five qualifying positions, or we're going to give, you know, and I, I don't see this ever happening again, but it would make a big difference if they gave points for records, you know, I mean, it, it's just, why that's, why would they take that away? Points for I, records, I points for class, a little incentive to just do certain things would be nice. If you're not yeah, going to give stand, money, stand on the that. car nope. points will change. People will go for it. You and know, another mentor of mine, Cal method so. did that constantly you know i mean he had a barn full of cars you know he pulled a and he was the master of the 283 but he pulled a 283 out of a you know a malibu station wagon and put it into you know a impala wagon or put it into a caprice four-door and then just went and set another record to constantly get those points you know i mean he won the division with those extra points it it made it so it was hard you know to 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 get around him because he would set a record at every race you know, but I mean, 
Yeah, and teardown is another thing. That's it, it. Just seems like there's so little of it. You know, when I came into every race, you every national event you go to, it was subject to teardown. You know, I mean, it was just something that was always going on. And I mean, those guys walked up to you and teardown. I remember walking. You know, guys coming up to me and, and and reciting the numbers like they didn't have a piece of paper in their hand. And well, you know, the lift is this, and the 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 bore is this, the stroke is this, and you know, the CC of that is this, they, they knew these numbers like the back of their hand that that's not so common anymore, you know, and, it, and that's, that's changed, you know, for the worse. But I, I think incentivizing people to go fast and possibly get horsepower for an incentive, you, you'll see more of it. Then I think that is what the, as opposed to penalizing the guys at the bottom or taking three tenths off the index, which is going to run off another, I don't know. I guess you really don't see any cars that go three tenths under anymore. I know the last time they did that, it, it caused some grief and some people went away and, but I don't think it caused as much grief as it did. I mean, it's just, they've thrown more parts at us and the cars have gotten nothing but quicker. You know I mean? They've, there's no hydraulic camshafts anymore. I mean, it, it, it is it, one way or another, they keep taking away uh, more restrictions off these cars that make them make the ability for them to go faster, keep, you know, coming around the corner quicker. So, um, I don't think three tenths off the index is an answer, but I think incentivizing people to go fast, I think that, that, that'll put some answer in it. I think the one race having Indy, um, and I'm not saying this because I, I, I abused it one time was number one there with no penalty. And the other time I was, it might, the truck moved. I want to say at that time I moved two classes, two or three classes actually. After I left Indy, I, I moved almost three classes. I mean, it was one of those things that it was a great penalty to go number one there. So I, I've been on both sides of the coin. Uh, you know, when Bob Shaw and I took the El Camino there, you know, the, I said, you know, how many people have, and that, that was more his incentive. He goes, how many people have ever gone two seconds under at Indy? He goes, just, let's just do it. We got the ability. Let's do it. You know, and so in 18, we, I, I did that. It's just one of those little bucket list items to be able to go that fast. You know, it's kind of, crazy that you think somebody could say they could do that because most of the time you sit back and think about that. It's something that's, that's like a fairy tale or something that's impossible, but you need something that's in the wrong class factor, the wrong way to be for that to happen. But on top of that, I mean, you know, the only other guy that did that was Larry Hill. The, the, the guys spent countless hours working on that pickup truck with a stick shift. You know I mean? And I don't, I don't know how much it costs, but the cost for him to, be number one there certainly wasn't inexpensive. I mean, it was, that was a huge transition, you know, taking that truck to the chassis shop and trying to make it work and, and it came together, you know, so, but give some incentive to it. And so I, I think running Indy is a race where you don't have that penalty of horsepower. I, I think it brings it out. I think people want to come. It makes it interesting. Um, and once again, Bobby and Brian, you get you get the people that they're going to cry. Well, look, look, this just shows how much people are holding. Well, now you know how much they're holding. You know, let them come there and show their wares and and see what happens. I think, you know, the fans want to see it. I I and I think even half the people that say they don't like it secretly still like it. You get to see how fast something is. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, let's let's see what it's got. I mean, you got a G car that'll go ten fifty, then okay, let's let's see it. You know, I mean, it's. People want to see it. I, I mean, I know I, I, I will tell you, since they put that back, I haven't really run up there to watch class the same at Indy. You know, I, I would, 
if, if I was done or I, they pulled me to the side and I had already run, but I wouldn't, you know, cause that's the, the marvelous thing about Indy for class, especially when you've got 175, 180 cars there, you can do a lot of watching in between your class being run. So, and, and uh, when people were ripping, laying down big numbers, I wanted to see it. I mean, I was like, wow, let me, you know, let me watch the 305 Camaros go, you know, 1060, you know, I want to, I want to see this, you know, and, and like I said, you know, people are like, oh, that's impossible and whatever. I mean, those guys work hard on those cars. You know, I mean, it, it's, you get into the effort in some of those cars, especially those guys that go there. I mean, they've, you, you figure out how many times somebody pulls the transmission gear set out of a car or, you know, a wall of camshafts, you know, I should, could have done this meeting in my shop and, you know, point the camera at the wall of camshafts you go through. I mean, it's, I mean, you want to go fast. Sometimes you got to, you got to throw some effort at it. And that's where the effort shines. You should, there should be a place for the effort to shine, I believe. Well, and it's kind of hollowed ground, right? Like what better place to go to than Indy? Leave it the way it is and let them run. And that's the track where you, you know, make yeah, if you don't great. want something, you don't want to be a part of that or your car is slow, then, then don't go. You know, that's, that's the race you don't go to at that point, you know, stay away from it. How about you know, at I mean, least then use those numbers from Indy. Okay. If you want to take away the hits, mm-hmm. but use it. If you watch the car go one twenty under there, at least use that if the car slows itself down to, to 50 under everywhere else and just say, nah, we saw you go 120 under at Indy. You're not getting any horsepower back. Right? You're not getting a reduction. Could we at least just use that data? I, I, that's fine. That kind of discretion. You you go there and win class at Indy, and then you run it slow all year round to try to get horsepower off at that point. Nah, you're abusing the system. And, and NHRA has their, their little bit at the bottom of their HFS of, that there's some discretion and something like that, the discretion should be used. There's no, no, without a shadow of a doubt, discretion should be used there. Right. So I got a I quick, mean, I, I got a quick question as far as, I mean, I would say you're a NHRA purist. You want to go fast. You want to qualify. You want to win class, that stuff. What are your thoughts on like these bigger money stock limited races? They're basically the non NHRA stuff. I, I think they're a good thing. If I had them out here, I would partake in. I mean, I know I was trying to figure out how to go to a couple of them. Uh, I mean, you know, the one Bohannon did at, at St. Louis was awesome. They guys, they got to run in crazy air, and I, I feel bad that it wasn't more uh, attended. Actually, I think it was a good deal, you know, and and especially let them have their shootout there. I mean, I think that was another thing that where they have their, you know, no breakout. I forget. I don't even know how they did. If it was a CIC race or whatever, I think it was a CIC race. CIC, there. Yeah. And I, I think that's an off people want to see that. I mean, I, I want to see it. It's, it's cool. I was watching it on the internet the whole time. You know, it's it, the problem is being 2000 miles away from me. I've, I've got to play my cards as to what race I'm going to go to, you know, and, it, and it's time, but I, I, I'll tell you what, if they do, they get another one of those scheduled around that. I, I, I would be, definitely interested in it you know i mean i did i think that they're a good thing i mean it's you know one way or another like i said you get those those races like that they, they get a little bit different clientele sometimes because i don't know if people are adhering to the rules but people you get more the driver drivers to show up to so it's i, I but i think i think it's a good thing I, I have no i'd like to see those more supported um it's hard out here. The, the, the association, it, it's just a space 
spatial uh, issue out here is is it's harder to get association races because people have to drive so far. You know, you get back where you are, Bobby, you, you, you don't have to go real far to get through a lot of races. You know, I mean, it, and it's, I'm within two hours of like five. Yeah. Tracks. Now, yeah, you get to where Brian is now. <laughs> I got no I got no dog in the hunt of complaining. You know, I mean, it, some of those guys up there, you know, they, they, they got, you know, maybe one points race a couple hundred miles away. And then all of a sudden they're driving, you know, 500, a thousand miles to go to points races. I mean, it's division five can be pretty rough. I mean, yeah. it, depending on where you're, you're placed there, but three hours is um, pretty much the closest we got, you know, you're going three or seven. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And then beyond that, then, then you're going even further. At that yeah, I feel bad so. for some of them because they can't get into like the Brainerd national event. You know, because they just don't have the grade points for it. Um, so it's and that's that's a, that's the thing. I mean, let these. <clears throat> I just, I just, as a self-employed businessman, I don't understand why they don't let more people in. That part makes no sense to me. Well, this sixty. I, I just, well, actually, let me refresh. Let's see. It's no, it's full. It was full in eight minutes. Was it? <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there's people blowing up. Sixty-one. Oh. Wow. So, a, a somebody, a world champ, yeah. entered already. I don't understand why. That was silly. Who, who would, who would do that at grade eight? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that race needs to be more attended. We're gonna have David Kennedy on the show eventually. He is the head of NHRA's multimedia and uh, the contingency program, and um. We're going to kind of pick his brain about how the contingency works, how maybe, you know, some contingency sponsors would like to participate if Heads Up Racing in class was happening at national events, not at the Baby Gators where there's three people in the stands. I just think that's pointless. Uh, that's just my my thinking out loud, though. People have heard, heard me say that stuff a uh, hundred times already. But if you – if I'm just saying from my point, if I owned a business and I had lots of money and could participate – I probably wouldn't because who's going to watch you on race on a Thursday or win class at a divisional where there's nobody in the stands. I want to see you win class on a Friday at the Gator nationals in front of a crowd. We used to qualify Thursday, run class on Friday, elimination starting on Saturday. If I knew that your car was going to be in front of eyeballs on Friday and Saturday, then I start thinking about throwing my money into the mix. But I don't know. Those are the kind of questions I have for that, for that gentleman. Yeah, I, 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 and I'll be open ears on that when that happens. I mean, I just, like I said, incentivizing that. And, and the incentives, like I said, that has something to do for the, the, the sponsors too, the people that would actually pay that. Well, there's incentive. You know, I mean, there's guys going fast. And um, we're, we're a group of people with a lot of discretionary income. I mean, we evidently may have, a, all of us may have a little bit more money than cents by engaging in what we engage in in the first place. I mean, it's, I mean, <laughs> you think of it realistically, we'd be out bracket racing, you know, some car that, you know, we can make go fast without any rules. You know, you do a couple of bulldogs and well, we're out having a good time and I'm going, you know, nines and some new Mustanger challenges, you know, now, we, you know, you've got a little 289 Mustang, you're trying to make go fast, you know, with a under 500 CFM carburetor trying to make it rip, you know, I mean, and you did good. I mean, you won that race. And I never even got to congratulate you for that. But it, it, yeah, I mean, you look at the rules or take your 5.0 Mustang with this, you know, that intake manifold that's on there. I mean, how, what sense does that make? I mean, that thing is, that's a, you know, it's, it's probably, that's, that's probably right behind the F body is a good race car, but it's, 
They just never, they never had, they never had an engine in them. You know, they got tiny little. That engine, I don't know what they were thinking with that whole top to bottom with that thing. (laughs) Well, it was 1987 and they were trying to make torque with the manifold. (laughs) That's what they were doing. So those cars were a lot of fun to drive. I mean, for a 14 second car, they they were more fun than you can imagine, especially if they had a five speed in them. They were a blast. And no two of them are casted the same. I mean, I have about 10 of those manifolds that I just picked up at scrap yards and they're just like with. What kind of uh, quality control was there, you know, with these things? This is ridiculous. But that 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 was the car the decade before the car Brian's racing. That was that was that car was a blast. I mean, those yeah. those cars were for their time, you know, for some simple basic motor that had been around, you know, since what I wanted a 221 come out 1961 or so. I mean that that basic engine you know, lasted for 40 years. I mean, it was something that it, it, it was pretty indestructible. Just like, like, like I said, I, I had a new cars in both cars like you guys have. And, you know, I had a new, you know, Fox body Mustang and I had new F body cars. They were, they were both a blast at their time. They were, they were the car to have, they were fun, you know, infinite fun to drive on the street, you know, and it's now cars have so much power. Now it's like I said, I've ridden in some, even well i don't have any new supercharged cars but a couple friends have you know they've got those cars and they're just it's frightening how fast they are you know i mean just something that would just take and eat my a automatic car for lunch you know a pretty decent a automatic car and just eat it as a street car is is pretty astounding now so i i don't know i mean bringing those guys trying to get some of those people over to stock and i mean they need to get some new blood in stock and super stock and i don't know how that's going to happen that's actually probably that's probably a topic for another show sometime but i i think that'd be a good thing for you guys to cover is trying to get new blood into the sport we cover it every episode we always ask the guest that was actually going to be our next question to you what do you got you know (laughs) i don't I, i i wish there was an answer but i mean i think it's the technical and financial aspects of it i think shy people away it, it's tough it's tough it's not really easy you know i mean like i said you you, you go to a race now I'll, I'll take the the first thing that comes to my mind you look at a 305 camaro you're like that car just went 1090 what you're like that's that's a 16 second car like how is that possible you know and, and it, it, it's just it doesn't seem rationally possible so to to the to a you know a a layman's term of somebody not understanding what they're dealing with it's very few and far between to try to get somebody into this but i think these new cars will should i was hoping they would breathe more new blood and they have but they've brought some people in but i think like i was saying earlier in the show i said if for somebody to come into the race i said a a smaller motor you know cobra jet or copo that's naturally aspirated is it's the way to jump in i mean because some of those cars like i said it's they get kind of i don't know if they're abandoned but they're abandoned for the new things like i said the the guys that go out and buy them you know every two years religiously um because it seems like nobody ever has more one of those it seems like for some reason seems like half the people i know have multiples of them so um it's one of those things that yeah I think those that's the bank for the buck and that's the entry point for people. You know, I mean, it's, it seems a little spooky to put somebody maybe it hasn't raced in a, you know, a nine second car, but I think those cars are, they're safe. And I think they drive really well. Um, one of those things, I don't, I don't see it being a, a big issue. So 
but I, I don't I don't know how to get new blood into this. Like I said, I, I just think there's I don't know how you get people to cross over. Like I said, it, it's one of those things. I wish there was a simple plan to getting some of these guys from this, you know, the street racing thing, which has become pretty big again, and you know all the the no prep and the Romanchir Bronk type things, which bring out tons of fans. Um, that's the thing, you know. And, and NHRA has some stuff to grab the fans. You know, I mean, that's why bring more stock and super stock cars that stand up three feet in the air. You know, people want to see that, you know, as opposed to, you know, cars going fast on the street. That's something that's, that's a show in itself. I mean, we're all accustomed to it. Even Brian, you haven't been in this all that long, but you know, for me, it's second nature, but it still will catch my eye when a car leaves and I watch it and it's, you know, it hits second gear and it's still the bumpers still, you know, three inches from the ground. You're like, wow, what, what's going on there? You know, and I see somebody, you know, post a video online. I mean, I, I, I think who did I see? I saw somebody post a video. I remember I, I didn't think anything of it. And I don't even know. I was Billy Harper. I saw him post a video of his Nova and I watched it leave. And I'm like, that never gets old. It just <laughs> doesn't get old. And I, I think they need to somehow, that's where you open up the fields and let more people in and get people, you know, I mean, you know, I don't want to get into a wheelie contest because I think that's asking for people to wreck cars. That's a bad deal. But, <laughs> but I mean, just being a class where people, there's a lot of that going on. I think it's, it's interesting. People want to see it. Now, like you said, Bobby, I think in the stands and people want to see that on Friday at a national event, they go out of for class. A bunch of these cars stand up. People want to watch it. You know, they don't get super gas and super comp and, things like that. I think that's why you see top dragster and top sportsman working better, but it, uh, you just, you don't see it. The, the interest it's confusing, you know, throttle stops are confusing to the average person. They're just it, still to this day, you know, I, when they first came out, I, I'd bring people to the races and they'd, they'd look and they'd be like, well, what is that? What, what is that all about? And, and 25 years later, people come in and they're like, what is that all about? I don't understand. It takes off and then it shuts off. I mean, it kind of the same defeats the purpose of racing. I mean, I'm like, it's a consistency thing, but right. I, I don't, I don't think fans get that at all. No. There's You'd definitely the fans, head straight to the finish line. Like if I was Alan Reinhardt, I'd say everybody head straight to the finish line. If you want to enjoy this category and watch them battle it out down at the stripe, uh, stock and super stock heads to the starting line. You want to see cool wheelies, you know? We need help from the announcers. We need help from NHRA. I try to do my part at races, hand out flyers, let people sit in the car. Here, this is what this is what stock and super stock are all about. Take this flyer that explains the rules, explains weight breaks and and the handicap system. Like I, I get people to try to understand it more, enjoy it more. Whether they actually go out and buy a car, I don't know. I, I you know, that's that's going to take a little more convincing, but at least bring a little bit more awareness is my uh my yeah. thing i, I, I want to thank a couple of people right here terry emmons sent 200 stars and he said uh my man paul uh carl john Seawick sent stars 99 stars thank you jeff cheney sent 530 stars rj torres sent 200 stars so we appreciate that uh jeremy duncan said gainesville stock eliminator took seven minutes to f to fill up yeah we, uh, we definitely saw that with our own eyes here and uh I guess there are there's spot saving. There's world champions already entering. I don't know why they're doing it so quickly. Uh, so 
Yeah. Yeah. The Emmons boys, they're, they're another one that's always on me about time to park some slow stuff and <laughs> just start winning races. I mean, Jerry and I had some pretty good conversations over the last few months about that. And I, it's something I'm going to, I'm going to head towards trying to get situated and it's, it's time to, for me to try to drive something to win races rather than all the, I mean, I, the class stuff, I think I've done what I can. I don't know if there's much less that I can do, but. Well, by the looks no, of your room, you're running out of room fans. to put class trophies. So, yeah. you need so to there's a, a couple big... more spots. I've got them too. So a big Wally. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what's more important at this point for me. So. All right, Paul. Well, we, we really cool. appreciate you spending a lot of time with us today. And no problem. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a great episode learning learning a lot from you and your knowledge and all these different cars that you tried to run and have been successful with and obviously based on your background back there with all those class trophies and yeah, divisional and open trophies in there too uh that's all my wife said not mine believe it or not <laughs> i do not have an event win under my belt lots of bracket wins even a bracket finals like i've won that but gotten the stalker and i have come up short uh, and, and you haven't made it easy on yourself though i mean the cars that you've been well running, these these cars have been a little tougher i will give you yeah. that so that that's why everybody's getting on you and and to be honest i'm gonna be and a lot of others will be fearful if you do put yourself in a in a car that probably has a higher probability of of winning events so. yeah well that's that's where you're gonna see me for the next few years chasing that now so well best of luck to you and, thank uh, you we will be seeing you uh pomona Yep. You will be at Pomona. You're entered in Gainesville. So I will definitely be at one of those, and I will be seeing you in person. Yeah, I just entered Pomona, too, so we're, I'm good there. All right. Cool. Well, Excellent. thanks you very much for having me on, guys. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we'll be talking to you here soon. All right. All right, bye-bye. Thanks a lot, Paul. This is Class Racing Today. Thank you. ClassRacingToday.com. ClassRacingToday at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. Again, thank you all for supporting the show by sharing it out to your friends, by sending stars on Facebook as we do the live videos, uh, and also by uh, choosing to donate yourself uh, so you can help support the show. Um, also, we want to remember Kenwood Welding and Metalizing in Baltimore, Maryland for uh, supporting the show as well. Thanks a lot, Brian and Bobby. Uh, we will see you next year as we wrap up 2021. We can start a good 2022. Thank you so much. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Happy New Year.